This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. This week's amazing five-part series, Humility's War Against Pride, will be a real eye-opener to the Christian listener who's able to grasp its powerful spiritual principles, especially for those who have ever had a problem with spiritual authority in their church or even their marriage. Light will finally shine on the real meaning of humility and the truth that submission is not a dirty word. There is a reason that God says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up and that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. With understanding that submission doesn't imply subjection, humility's war is never won by charting our lives on other people's praises, but rather opening a pathway for God, not man, to give back into our lives. It's all part of God's heavenly checks and balances, making it impossible to walk in true obedience to God until you first learn to walk in true humility before God. And probably the most important thing that we as Christians have to bear in mind and keep in mind at all times is the fact that we've been called to walk a life of humility before God and before each other. Can I get a better amen than that? So it's so important because humility is such a powerful principle. It's so, so powerful. And we know verses, and we'll look at them, some of them today, that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. I, think, I see how Jesus, you know, could have, God could have just sent him down on a cloud the first time, and he didn't do it that way. He sent him as a child, born to a man and a woman of humble stature, of humble place, you know, a humble position. And um, it just reinforces the fact of how important humility is. The whole story of Jesus' life is all one about humility. Now, when you go over to Philippians chapter 2, um, you see really what I, I'd like to say is the, the story of Jesus' life. You see the account of, of Jesus' life, and it is a story of humility, step by step by step. So here, let's just begin um, here in chapter 2 and verse 5. And the Word of God says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the very first thing that we learn about humility, the very first lesson we learn about humility is that humility is the state of mind. Whatever is going on in your mind, you keep something in your mind long enough, it's going to end up in your heart. So humility is a state of mind. And it is so important for us because this is where we fight most of our warfares. We know that if we've been here any time, you know, I preached about that, that this is where we fight most of our warfares. But humility is really something that begins in the mind. It's, it's the, the way you perceive yourself or the way you think about yourself. And it is so important to keep a proper assessment of yourself. Now, the Bible says, there's one verse that says that you should not think more highly of yourself than you ought. 
But the, the truth of the matter is that, number one, we ought to think highly of ourselves because God thinks highly of us. But we should never think more highly of ourselves. When we begin to uh, get a higher opinion of ourselves than maybe we ought to, or we begin to look down on other people, we're, we're stepping away from the position of humility and coming to the place of pride. So the very first thing we learn about humility is that it is a state of mind. It's the way you think about yourself. And again, whatever you're thinking up here is eventually going to lodge itself in your heart. And it is so important for you and for all of us to constantly keep a self-assessment or keep a good self-assessment. So it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And uh, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. And that sounds a little confusing, but all that means is that God, even though he was in heaven, Jesus, with the Father, he did not think that equality with God or staying in his position was something that had to be held on to. He was willing to divest it. He was willing to release it, to come down to earth. Think about this transaction. Think about what happened here. Think about, look at this act of humility. How many of you would agree with me that heaven is a greater place than earth? How many of you would agree with me that if you, uh, had the op- if you went to heaven and God gave the opportunity to come back, how many of you think you would want to come back? You wouldn't want to come back. Let me answer the question for you. When, you. when you find yourself in the presence of God, when you find yourself in a place of peace with no more sorrow, no more sickness to deal with, no more disease to deal with, no more frustrations, no more troubles, no more challenges, in, in, a, in a place where there is never darkness, where there is no sadness, there are no tears ever shed, how would you ever want to come back to earth? Now think about the act of humility and obedience because humility and obedience really go together. We can say that we obey God, but until you first experience or exhibit humility in your life, you never really are able to walk into obedience because obedience and humility go together. Hallelujah. Somebody give me a better amen. So think about this transit, this, 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 um, a situation. Jesus is up there in heaven in all the splendors and glory, equal, because we understand, we teach it, this is our doctrine, that God is a triune God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, all equal, all one. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. And we don't have time to get into that, but think about how Jesus removed himself from the Godhead to come down into the earth in the form of a babe, gave his life, here's God, here's God, giving his life into the hands of humans to be cared for as a baby. Think about it. Think about how, hum- how humbling this is. But this is, this is why I believe the humility is such an important, important part of a Christian's walk and a Christian's life. And we all need to work on it a little bit. How many of you would agree with me? We all have to work on it a little bit. So being in the form of God, he didn't think equality with God was something to be held on to, but rather was willing to divest himself of that and to come into the earth in the form of a child and go through all the steps that a human would go through. Think how humbling this is. Think of the low place that Jesus put himself. Man, when I think about it, I just, I'm overwhelmed. We need to be reminded, yes, we need to know that Jesus came to forgive us of our sins, to, to you know, cleanse us of all us, our unrighteousness, to pave the way to heaven. But when I look at all that, I say it was the act of humility in, in God, in, in God demonstrating it to us, that brought us to the place of all these other blessings. Amen. Is everybody with me? You see, what, what was it that got Satan kicked out of heaven? It was an act of pride because he said he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be, you know, like the most high. And that's what got him kicked out of heaven. And you see, so, so God likewise 
or God, I shouldn't say likewise, but God, on the other hand, sends his son in the most humble way that you could ever imagine. So in here it says, let, let this mind, verse 5 again, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, or didn't consider um, holding on equality with God with, with something to be held on to, but rather he was willing to let it go so that he could. Now here, here's an interesting thing. He was willing to let his divinity go, well, let me say not his divinity, but his place in heaven, because we know that when he walked on the earth, he was all man, but he yet was all God, yes. right? Now, but he was willing to, to leave the position of heaven and take on, be trapped up by this human body. Isn't that, isn't that something? Think about it. Think about how, how, you know, I mean, how humbling that must have been to know all the while that he was God, but yet wrapped up in this human body. Think about that. Some of us, I mean, don't you ever, I mean, there have been times when things got really tough. I wish that the rap, I, I'd say to the Lord, Lord, right now is a good time for the rapture to come. I just want to go pop and just pop out of my body and go home to be with the Lord. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. You know, as much as we love life, there have been times in our life. Well, think about Jesus walking this earth in this body confined by space and time and by, this phys- by the physical senses and so on and so forth, but all the while having divinity in him and being divine, being all God, but God wrapped up in, in flesh. Think about how humbling that is. Can you, can you get a picture of that in your mind? But you see, he was willing because he realized that by humbling himself and removing himself from heaven, he was going to win something greater for all humanity. And that teaches me something. Sometimes we have to be willing to, to humble ourselves for a greater purpose or for a greater good or to help somebody else, right? And he was willing to humble himself for, the greater, for a greater blessing. And that's why we know, and we've got verses that says, you know, um, uh, you know, he who humbles himself shall be exalted. And we're going to look at some of these today. But the interesting thing is, to me, is that Jesus was so willing to come. And because he came and he lived and he died, we get set free. Talk about the act of humility on the part of Jesus. So it is so important for us as believers If you are a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, it is so important for us to really work on our humility walk. Humility is the most important thing in our lives more than anything. Because the Bible said God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And again, like I said, humility is a state of mind. So sometimes we got to check out what are we thinking about ourselves? You know, if we're one that's always putting others down, we're walking in pride. If we're one who's always criticizing another, then we're walking in pride. If we're one that always has to be noticed and recognized, then we're walking in pride. You see, and, and the Bible again says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The more you humble yourself, the more you're going to feel and sense and have the grace of God working and operating in your life. It's going to be manifesting in so many wonderful and divine and unique ways. Glory to God. And you see, for most of us, we think, you know, maybe, maybe uh, some people have grown up humiliated. And what happens is if, if you grow up humiliated, what happens is that you begin to put up defenses. And you begin to put up these blockades and these barriers in your life. And, and anyone that, you know, any thought in, in your mind of, of humbling yourself is, is really humiliation because you see it as being humiliation. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So we have to, we have to overcome that and override that and, and really ask God to help 
Help us to overcome that. Because in that, even that, even those defenses that we put up in our life, you know, has anyone ever been defensive when someone has talked to you about something? Anybody know what I'm talking Come on, I'm talking about mature stuff today. But um, the fact of the matter is how many have ever put up a defense in, in your life because of someone? Well, when those defenses go up, really, that's an act of pride. That's an act of pride, you see? And that's why we've got to, we have to do a self-assessment and keep a close watch on ourselves to be sure that we're always walking in humility because this is the story of God. This, this is the heart of God. This is, this is the story of Christmas, and this is what God would desire for our lives, humility. And, and this is all wrapped up in this Philippians chapter 2. So he says, who did not consider... Uh, uh, who, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself, verse 7, of no reputation. See, making yourself of no reputation. In other words, we have to humble ourselves. Amen? Um, we have a choice. We can either humble ourselves or we can be humbled. How, how, you know what I'm talking about? And if we just keep going in pride, eventually one day we're going to be humbled. It's going to happen. Listen to me. It is going to happen. Uh, pride cometh before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. That's what the Bible says. So if we go on in a prideful state and prideful thinking, then eventually what's going to happen is that we are going to fall because the, the pride is going to bring us down. But we, we have to constantly humble ourselves just like Jesus did. He said he humbled himself. He, he purposed in his own heart and mind and thinking to humble himself and to uh, think differently than maybe he could have. Amen? Amen? Humbling himself. And then I like the next verse because the next verse says, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. What's a bondservant? Well, a bondservant is one who serves willingly. You know, a, a servant or a slave, we understand, is one who's put under bondage. But a, a true bond servant is one who desires to serve his master. And that's, that's the heart of Jesus. He was just desiring to do the will of God. See, I say, let me say it again, because this is really a story of humility and obedience. You really can't walk in obedience until you first learn to walk in humility. You can't. You can't do it. You have to learn to, because sometimes it's going to be humbling to obey God. I can't tell you, you know, how many times in my life it was humbling to me to have to do the right thing. I knew it was right. I knew it was the right thing to do. You know, I knew I was supposed to forgive that person. Come on. I just knew I had to forgive him, but everything in me didn't want to forgive him. I was like, I don't want to forgive. I want to hold on to it. Let me just hold on to it for another week or so because it's making me feel good. That's pride. That's pride. Is everybody with me? That's pride. See, but at some point, you know, we have to humble ourselves and become a bondservant. And if we're going to be obedient, humility and obedience go together. And it is very hard to obey if you don't learn to walk in humility first. So it was very humbling for me to have to go to somebody and say, you know, in, in times past in my life, I forgive you, even, even though I want to choke them. Come on, anybody know what, know what I'm talking about? It's very humbling sometimes to eat uh, humble pie or to admit that you're wrong. Have you ever thought you were right and you really proved to be wrong? That ever, ever happened to anybody? Yes. No, nobody but me? You thought you were right? I was totally wrong. You know, sometimes it's good to say I'm wrong. When you're wrong, obviously. If you're not wrong, then don't say you're wrong. But if you're wrong, it's good to just say, you know what? You're right, I'm wrong. Praise God. Hallelujah. He humbled himself. He made, you know, uh, himself humble 
and he obeyed, and we can see through this story in this account, he became a bondservant. Look at the humility that was being expressed, and the end result is, is that, you know, we're going to read it in a moment that he got the name that is above there. I don't know about you, but I want, I, want a na- I want to be named by God. Come on. I want God to give me, and I'm not talking about my first name. I mean, if, if I'm going to be a, a preacher, a powerful preacher, I don't want to call myself a powerful preacher. I want God to call me a powerful preacher. Come on. If you're going to be powerful in whatever you do, you don't, want, you don't want people to call you that just because they're trying to schmooze you or, you know, doing whatever. Come on. You want God to give you that name and you want God to call you that name. Come on. So Jesus became a bond servant, humbled himself, coming in the likeness of men. And it says in verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. So again, true obedience is never really expressed until we learn to humble ourselves first. And he says he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. In other words, he was just willing to do God, the, the plan and the purpose of, of the Father right to the very end. How many of us are willing to do the plan of the Father right through to the very end? Come on, whatever that is, we want to we please God and not ourselves. And then it goes on to say in verse 9, Therefore God also has highly exalted him. So exaltation comes from humility. Self-exaltation is of the devil because the devil tried to exalt himself in heaven and he got kicked out. God now wants Jesus to be exalted and God sends Jesus in the humblest fashion to the most humble people, born in the most humble place, living the most humble life. That's why most people of that day and even to this day missed it. Because they were looking for Jesus to come on a cloud, on a white horse, with a flash of lightning, with thunder. They were looking for some great warrior to be raised up to fight all their enemies and to end all their battles. And God said, no, I'm going to send a savior and I'm going to send him in a way that will not be recognized, only recognized by those who truly hunger and thirst after God. Those who really want to see God and are willing to see God's plan. That's how I'm going to send him. That's why he wrapped him up in a baby's body. And that's why he put him in the arms of a humble man and a humble woman. And that's why he made him to be born in a humble place, to show mankind that the way God works is not the way human flesh works. The plan and the workings of God are contrary to the workings of the enemy. The enemy is the one who wants us to be prideful and raise ourselves up and, and, and boast and make big claims and big, big things. That's not the way that God works. God works through humility, through servanthood, through obedience. So he said, therefore, God has highly exalted him. Here, let me tell you what. We learned something right here. We just read three, four verses. I already learned something. The way up, listen, the way up, if you want to go up, the way up is down. God God gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but exalts the humble. The way that you, the way that you go up is that you go down. The more you go down in humility before God, the more God begins to raise you up. It's, it's completely opposite the way the world works. And if you're going to be a kingdom person and you're going to flow in the, in the kingdom pattern and you're going to flow God's way, then you're going, to have to, you're going to have to understand that it's contrary to the way the world works. God's plan and pattern is contrary to the way the world. The world, you know, you want to get somewhere, you've got to boast, build yourself up and push people down and kick them off the corporate ladder in order to climb. God says, you humble yourself and watch. I'm coming on you and I'm going to exalt you and I'm going to lift you to a place that nobody will be able to humble you. 
No one will be able to humble you because my hand of grace and my hand of protection and my hand of power and my hand of anointing will be upon you. Hallelujah. So he gives grace to the humble. So he says, therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him. I see how God, you humble, God gives. You humble self, God gives. And he says he humbled himself and he says God highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. There it is again. I, I got to say that again. I want God to give me the name. I want God to mark me as a preacher. I want God to mark me as a man of God. I want God to prove it in my life. Come on, somebody. I don't want to give myself my own name. There's too many name droppers and name seekers and position seekers in the world today. I don't want any of it. I hate politics in the church. I've been involved in groups in, in, in times past where very political and everybody's vying for position and wanting to get close to the big guy. Hey, why don't we just want to get close to Jesus? Why don't we just want to get to know Jesus? Why do we have to know the big, you know, the big tuna in the sea? Hallelujah. Let's just get to know Jesus. Let's get close to the Lord. Let's seek after him because a lot of folks in the church, in the Christian, even charismatic Pentecost, they're seeking position. They're seeking some sort of recognition. And when that happens, you are in pride and you have lost the the wonderful state of humility that God has called you to. This happens in the, in the church. Church can be the most political machine uh, sometimes. Not all churches, but sometimes the church can be so political and we've got to come away from that. Thank God we don't have that here. Glory. Anybody comes boasting. I ever tell you about the time a, a, a young, young family came to the church and, and the guy, the husband, you know, uh, wanted to get right up close to me. And I understand people want to get to know me. That's fine. I want to get to know you too. But he was here just a short period of time. And the next thing he did one day, he came and he so, Pastor, I just want to give you my resume. And uh, I said, your resume? Why? I said, well, because I believe I'm called to the ministry. And if there was ever anything, you know, uh, for me to do here, I just want you to have my resume. And I thought, dear God, you haven't even been here long enough for me to even get to know you. already had it. This is not IBM. I didn't put an ad in the paper that said, you know, we're looking for preachers or we're looking for teachers. I wasn't looking for anybody. You know, so, and I, I saw after a while, you know, my suspicions were, were uh, I should say, my suspicions unpleasantly were right because he stayed just for a short period of time and then he left. And, you know, well, I'm going to go start my own church. And I thought, gee, that's not the way God does it. You know, that's not the way God works. That's not the way God flows. I never did that. When I, when I ended up in the church that I called my home church, I just rolled up my sleeves and did whatever. And, you know, and whatever it was, was it vacuum the rug or clean the toilet or shovel the walk or whatever it was, I just did it as unto the Lord because I was just happy to have a home, a church home and a place and a pastor that loved me and people that loved me and believed in me. Come on, somebody, somebody, somebody. You see, I want God to give me the name. I want, I want to see when we live humbly before God, when we just live humbly in the presence of God, God begins to exalt you. You don't, ex- you don't have to say a word. What's the verse? I, I tried to quote it earlier. There's a verse in, in Proverbs that says, let another man boast about you. Not your, let not your own words do it. Yeah, your own lips. Don't, don't let your own lips boast. Let another man do it for you. And you see, when, when you walk humbly before God and before your brothers and sisters and you just live a life of humility, God begins to do something in your life and people begin to recognize and they'll, they'll boast about you. 
They'll boast about you. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com. Thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of God-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the Word of God and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come, God's Word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors.